Hi, I'm Dan Feldman of Dunked On. I know you're here to listen to Nate and John, and we'll get to that shortly. I just wanted to let you know we are still running our pre-sale for Dunked On Prime, where you can listen to Nate and John going forward. It'll be the only place you can get every episode of Hollinger and Duncan. Uh, so please check that out. You can subscribe at dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. Also included for Prime members, Monday through Friday, we have Daily Dunks. Uh, available for you in written form in your inboxes or online, or you can hear an audio form. Uh, this is our first free sample of the audio form. That'll follow uh, the snippet of the latest Hollinger and Duncan episode, which is available in full only on Dunked on Prime. Also an announcement, because we've had just such a great response to the one-time only John Hollinger presale, all of you procrastinators on monthly memberships who have not taking advantage of that yet uh, we are never going to offer it again but we are going to continue to offer it uh, for one more week until the season starts so uh-huh. still encourage you guys to jump on and do that we had a really good response so decided to continue it and also continuing will be Draymond Green's basketball season as he is going to rejoin the Warriors for practice tomorrow I don't think you've even commented publicly at all on this Draymond saga. So I want to get your general thoughts before we Um, discuss the new development that he will be returning. I actually surprised you didn't see it because I commented in the middle of the night last night when I couldn't sleep. And so you were basically my target audience at that point. Oh, I did. I did see that one. I saw that one tweet. That's true. I was, I was awake with my daughter at the time. I did see that. Um, I, I think it's kind of ridiculous that you're not going to suspend a guy for punching his teammate in the face. You're, you know, Kerr's trying to say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's about the team and everything in the locker room, but you're putting an awful lot of pressure on Jordan Poole to be gracious about this when you just say, okay, no harm, no foul. We'll see in a couple of days. Like, I, I, I just I just think as a, as a team, as an organization, you just have to say, like, we we understand, you know, Draymond said all the right things after the fact, but like there there is a penalty that comes with this. Like, we can't just we can't just let this slide. Yeah. And I specifically asked Steve Kerr about that. And here's what he had to say last night. Coach, we know what Draymond has meant to this team on the floor, but. He's had a number of incidents uh, with his temper, this one being the most severe. How can you be confident that these incidents are at an end, particularly when he didn't face any formal consequences for what happened here? Well, it's fair. Any any criticism um, that we face here is fair. Um, you know, Draymond, I would say, um, you guys all know from covering him for a long time, he sort of, you know, lives on, on the edge and, um, as far as you know, his his spot on our basketball team, um, he's always right in the thick of everything. And a couple times in his career, he has crossed the line. Um, you know, he crossed the line uh, with Kevin, uh, whatever year that was, and he crossed the line the other the other night in a in a worse fashion, much worse fashion. Um, so, as I said, I would hope that everybody would um, respect the fact that we feel like we know Draymond and this entire group uh, very well. And that uh, while this is not an easy decision, um, we feel like this is the best decision we can make going forward. And I trust Draymond that 
he will, you know, stay on that on that edge and not go over. All right. So you just heard Steve Kerr basically saying, yeah, you know what? We have no reason to trust him, but we're just going to trust him <laughs> going forward. Uh, and, and that was a theme that he kind of echoed throughout it in his comments. But you feel like you would have suspended him in this circumstance even before the video came out? Yeah, I think they're thinking about the message to Draymond Green, I think, and they're not thinking about the message to Jordan Poole that they're sending. And I, I, I just think when somebody is the victim like that, you like even if even if he's saying the right things, like you just you just need to show a little more support as an organization for the fact that what happened was not right, and and that it's something that can't be uh, just breezed over and kind of like it's not just like okay carry on like um no <laughs> right I, I i think that i think that sends a, a horrible message well but what if draymond went on his podcast with jordan pool two years from now and they all blamed the organization for what happened i wondered about i wondered about that if they were thinking about that because because as your reference is that Draymond and KD, uh, you know, were on his podcast, and Draymond yelled at KD and in this one incident, and they suspended him, and he thought that made the incident worse. But I just don't know how you make this incident that happened worse by suspending Draymond Green, right? Like, because it's all out there and everything now. Like, there's, there's, they have nothing to hide. Yeah. So, what length of suspension would you have gone for? Uh, I mean, again, we'll, we'll recall that Bobby Portis for breaking Nikola Mirotic's face, although Portis would tell you that he was more defending himself in that instance than Jordan Poole was really here. Jordan Poole just kind of gave a light, like, get out of my face type of shove, according to the video. Uh, but, you know, Portis put Mirotic in the hospital, like, could have really messed up his career. Now you would say, hey, Draymond Green could have done the same to Jordan Poole, uh, who, you know, didn't even do anything aggressive at all really mm -hmm. so uh but he got eight games which i thought at the time was too light uh being honest um so is that what you would have gone for for this suspension you gone more I, I probably would have gone about five yeah yeah you know we do referee funny? the result in this society right yeah that's, yeah that's, yeah a little bit yeah yeah I, I mean that's like i mean our criminal laws do that so it's <laughs> it's not you can't just do it solely based on intent you you know it's funny because I was I was looking up these situations and I, I forgot about one and nobody has talked about this one for some reason. Um, it was this was before I joined the Grizzlies, but Tony Allen and OJ Mayo. Yeah, yeah, that one came to mind for sure. Although it, it did Tony yeah. Allen not only wasn't suspended, but if I remember this right, OJ Mayo had to miss miss the next game, and so Allen was promoted to the starting lineup in his place. <laughs> And that happened on the plane too. <laughs> that happened on the team plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that seems like a lot worse than happening in practice. And yeah, you know, it was over like some card game or something. Bure, yes. Yeah. Um. So I completely understand why they didn't suspend him. I think that once once they took the initial step of not suspending him, I think you can't change up at that point when the tape comes out uh, because that would just be admitting a, a massive mistake beforehand. And I also think that ultimately, like the reason that it doesn't make sense to suspend him is the reason why it makes sense to 
keep everything in house to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that I think it is just better for everyone involved, including Jordan Poole, for the consequences of this to be as small as possible. And yeah, you might say, well, Jordan, you know, he he needs to like get his justice. I mean, this isn't a case where, you know, there's a, a victim and or the victim's family and a crime or something like that. This is a situation where you just have to continue to work together. And if Draymond is suspended, he misses ring night. They lose a bunch of games. Everyone's pissed off about it. Draymond doesn't come back for like three weeks. It just continues to be a story, right? Like the everyone is going to be asked about it every single game, especially if they lose. Are you missing Draymond? You know, all this stuff. What is he going back? Have you considered reducing the length of the suspension? Like, and so I think, I mean, if I were in Jordan Poole's shoes, I would either say, hey, unless you're going to just like get this guy off the team permanently, and who else? He, he may also just not care about it that much, too. Like, that people are different in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might legitimately just not care that much, in which case, you know, all right. Uh, his family, I think, probably cared about it a lot. That's why Jaron had to apologize to them. But I, I think just from a, like, this isn't about justice. It's about what's best for the Golden State Warriors and the people who are on the Golden State Warriors. And I actually completely understand not suspending him from that perspective the only issue that I have with it is the potential deterrence going forward where your trainer was like, all right, I can just keep doing this shit. Uh, you know, how much is, is he now going to actually be on good behavior or maybe just for a little bit. But I think the social consequences of this are greater than whatever the suspension would have been for Draymond anyway. Like he's got plenty of money. So I, I think as particularly once I didn't suspend him to begin with, I think this is what I actually would have done. And like, they need to bring him back now. Because you can't just have him come back for ring night and have him that be the first time he's around the team. You want to get all the bullshit out of the way the last preseason game on Friday and mm-hmm. not have this be the big story on ring night. I, I think it kind of had to happen this way if the players seem to be okay with it, which maybe now with some hindsight of a few days, they kind of realize the reality of what I'm saying here as well. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think I still think it's going to be a story either way because, I mean, it's if the war if the warriors don't win this is this is going to be a story regardless of what the cuz you're saying if they get off to a bad start and Dray, cuz Draymond's suspended that'll be a yeah. pe- people will be asking about that if they get off to a bad start because Draymond isn't suspended this will also be a story though I, but i'd say the odds of that are lower and i mean i i will give current company the benefit of the doubt that like everyone did talk through this and supposedly Draymond and Poole had a discussion and Poole's cool with it and Hey, you know, another couple of million bucks on that extension might help you out there too. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll see when that gets announced. And I presume yeah. Poole isn't going to talk until after that's done. Kerr kind of talked about that being fait accompli. But, uh, and hey, you know what? Maybe they feel a little more comfortable paying another couple million to Poole because they feel like odds are Draymond just won't be on the team next year. Um, that, now he that. Have, he does have a player option. He controls that, but. That that is the other interesting piece of this is what what they do going forward because that Golden State is deep in the bird rights trap, right? They can't. It's not like they can just replace him. So what what happens there is a really interesting story. Yeah, and I've always maintained this, and now we're gonna probably I shouldn't say probably, but there's a decent chance we find out that Draymond is more valuable to them than any other team. That's why Jordan Poole is about to get paid more than Draymond was going to get paid in, in addition to age. Yeah. But even before that, when Draymond was still kind of in his prime, he, I think, smartly accepted the extension that he did 
which is the most he could be offered. But if he'd gotten a free agency after their disastrous 2020 season, he would have got paid a lot less than he got on that extension. Um, I, I guess like, but at least for this season's Warriors, like there, there's a reason that they've always put up with Draymond. Like he's too big to fail. Like if they trade him any realistic trade, they're no longer a championship contender. And that's just the reality yeah. of it. Like yeah. they, they would, and it sucks to put everyone in that position, but they would rather be a championship contender and put up with this bullshit, even if it sucks, than not be a championship contender. I, I think everyone just came to that conclusion, it seems like. And maybe Poole was pressured to come to that conclusion. We'll never know. Maybe we'll see what he says about it. Like, he does seem like kind of a chill guy, so maybe, like, mm. he's able to get over this. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess ultimately I I disagree with you. I, I mean, would it be fair to suspend him? Of course. Like, he deserves yeah. to be suspended. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. No question. Five games isn't enough. Like, he deserves... 10 games he deserves he probably deserves to get traded uh but that's deserve ain't got nothing to do with it anything else on this one uh i i i, I think we've uh i think we've we've talked about i i mean i i i still think they probably i understand your point i i still kind of think they probably should have suspended him but i i i understand where you're coming from too on this yeah and i mean supposedly according to Kerr, the players were like they decided they didn't want to suspend him, right? I mean, I, I guess they came to that conclusion. Oh, uh, two other things on this. Kirby like, okay, he is going to be fine. We're not going to talk about the fine. Well, uh, would you care to enlighten our listeners as to what the maximum fine a team can impose without suspending a player is? Uh, I believe it's 50000 without suspending a player. And then it's... Um, <laughs> and then... But actually, there's a lower number, too. Um, anything over 5000 the player can do a grievance with the union, which... I've. You know, I imagine Draymond's probably not going to do that on this, but like you see a lot of fines in the NBA for four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars because of that, <laughs> and ninety nine cents. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you have to pay sales tax on that. Is there a possibility it could go over? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but that was maybe the most loyal. I, I wanted to like put my lawyer deposition hat on, and I, I, you know, obviously, whenever you're in a press conference setting, you don't want to just like ask some question that's this asinine. But I wanted to be like. So, Steve, I know you said you weren't going to talk about the fine amount, but you are aware that the most you can find him without suspending him is $50,000, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because he's like, we're not going to talk about like, like he talked about it like, oh, man, we're not going to talk about the amount because, oh, it's so huge. Like, yeah, just, exactly. Like, we, we don't want to embarrass him. with the, uh, No, actually, you, you can only find him 50 grand. Um, <laughs> here's another idea that I had mm-hmm. in the in the throes of trying to comfort my infant daughter at 3.30 a.m. last night. Would the Warriors have considered asking Draymond as a condition of his return to amend his contract in some way to make it like less guaranteed or non-guaranteed where if he had another screw-up, you would obviously have to figure out what this language would be and what would trigger it, that it would you know kind of almost Ty Lawson style, although that was just straight-up made non-guaranteed, but where all right, if he gets suspended more than X number of games or something like that, then it, his contract then becomes non-guaranteed for next year and the player option, like to really yeah. like to, as a way to rebuild the trust, basically to put the financial incentive for him. Cause that's the biggest thing. They're like, Oh, we like Steve talked about in that clip I played where he's got to rebuild the trust mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, okay, now we actually have a way of knowing that you're serious and you're going to be. Yeah. The CBA really put some handcuffs on what you can do there. But like um, Ty Lawson did it right. Like he was, I mean, you can always agree to amend a contract to make it non-guaranteed, right? Uh, 
Yeah, I believe that's correct. You cannot you cannot amend the salary downward, but you can you can change the you can change the protection on a contract. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you could change the protection on that option year. Although now you get into the you might have to change the protection on this year too, because the protection on the yeah. option year but, has to but be. But what same. you could do is just and, make it make it guarantee like J.R. Smith did this one year, like when he signed in like September. Yeah. You just make it guarantee tomorrow for this year and then yeah. it could be the same for next year. Like you could probably yeah. do something like that. But I mean, obviously he would have had to agree to that. I mean, if they really wanted to play hardball, I think that's what they what maybe they could have done. And but I think Draymond would have correctly perceived probably that he still has the leverage. They can't win without him. That's why, like, I, I guess the other thing I noticed too is like, we didn't have these incidents for Draymond before he became like an all-star caliber player. Like, oh, he can't control himself. He has to be on the line. We trust him not to go over that line. Like that was something that Steve said in that clip too. Uh, well, isn't it very interesting that as soon as he can get away, get away with it, that's when these incidents begin. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how life goes a lot of time, right? Like we, we when he was David Lee's backup, you didn't really hear about this stuff, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean I think he. I looked it up actually. He had seven technicals in 2014, mm-hmm. which was not you know that's a pretty big number for a backup. But yeah, you know again he that was that's technicals. That's not like you know punching a teammate or you know getting suspended in crucial games or something like that. Um, I mean I will say this like Draymond Green is just. Like a lot of people are like, oh man, I'm so sick of him, blah, blah. I, he's just an incredibly compelling figure. Like I, I just am endlessly fascinated by the guy and his game and just uh, how valuable he is. And, and just, uh, I've anyway, that, that's probably enough. I, you said you were done with this six minutes ago, so I, <laughs> we could probably move on. These are the Thursday, October 13th, 2022 daily dunks. Something or nothing. In the Lakers' preseason loss to the Timberwolves yesterday, Patrick Beverly tried to bring his floor mates together during the stoppage. Russell Westbrook didn't join. As much as Beverly has talked up his fast friendship with Westbrook, now that they're teammates in Los Angeles, there are many years of them being nemeses. But I'm going to go with nothing. Westbrook, who was called for a foul on the preceding play, might have been talking to a referee. Though resisting Beverly's continued attempts to wave him into the huddle, Westbrook high-fived Beverly while taking his spot outside the paint. By that time, Westbrook might have thought he was too late to huddle and it was time for the free throw. Mostly, it's the high-five that does it for me. That's a key piece of evidence people overly thirsty for Lakers drama are overlooking. The Warriors didn't suspend Draymond Green for punching Jordan Poole in the face. Why not? Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. I'm told that the Warriors, they put a significant amount of weight on the fact that opening night was ring night that the players are going to get their rings. Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, their fourth championship in Golden State. The banner is going to be raised. They did not treat this like it was one of 82. They didn't want to suspend Draymond Green and keep him from that. Now, if this incident had happened in the regular season, or if this had just been a normal opening night and they weren't there as defending champions, there probably would have been a suspension for Draymond Green. This strikes me as reasonable. Green was integral to the Warriors winning the championship. The ring and banner ceremony is a uniquely special moment in celebrating that massive accomplishment. There are two overlapping questions about how Golden State should have punished Green. How severe should the punishment have been? What what punishment is appropriate? You can think Green deserved a harsher penalty than what he got, while believing suspending him for ring night wouldn't have been a fitting punishment. 
My problem with this logic, though, why didn't the Warriors just suspend Green for their previous two preseason games, which he missed anyway while away from the team, and maybe their last preseason game tomorrow, which he'll probably play in? If Golden State wanted to send a message of a suspension while allowing Green to attend ring night, that would have been an easy middle ground. Instead, the Warriors went out of their way to say Green's week-long absence wasn't a suspension. Rich Eisen asked Lakers owner Jeannie Buss who's in her inner circle. Buss. People are fascinated with that for some reason. I could ask you, do you ever ask Mark Cuban who his inner circle is? Or Joe Lacob who his inner circle is? There's just something about being a woman. I think people feel like, oh, what crutches does she need? Or what does she lean on because she's not capable of doing it herself? I have great people that I work with. People seem most interested in Linda Rambus, who I've been working with for over 30 years. I've operated in the same style since I started working with the organization, and even before that, with the Great Western Forum putting on events. And I build, I'm a leader, I'm not a dictator. I like to build consensus, I like to hear from everybody at the table, and then ultimately people need to understand I'm the governor of the team, and I'm held accountable for every decision that's made, both business and basketball. So if anything goes wrong, it's on my watch and I'm held accountable for it. People are fascinated with Buss's inner circle because they care about the Lakers. People caring so deeply about the Lakers has made Buss a lot of money, by the way. The franchise has made numerous questionable at best decisions, and people are so invested in the team, they want to understand who's behind those decisions. There has been major interest in the Mavericks power structure under Mark Cuban, ditto the Warriors under Joe Lacob, the winning breeds contentment. Lakers can't just tell fans to relax and trust the front office. What does Buss mean when she says she's held accountable for the Lakers' decisions? She's not at risk of losing her position. She'll suffer the financial losses, or, more accurately, lesser financial gains, but she can just try again next time. As the Robert Sarver situation showed, owners are, in many ways, above accountability. People in basketball operations usually aren't, unless they operate in the shadows of Jeannie Buss's inner circle. In that case, they're fairly well shielded. Trailblazer star Damian Lillard revealed more about his 2021 offseason meeting with LeBron James and Anthony Davis at LeBron's house in Los Angeles. Lillard via Logan Murdoch of The Ringer, quote, Like, man, what if that happened? What if I did go? I thought about it. At that point, I was thinking about a lot of things. Lillard added, I was like, if I'm going to ever look at different situation than mine, I'm going to look at one where I know I'm going to have a great chance to win. Lillard landed where he always does, loyal to Portland. I think it's cool Lillard has his own values and continues to stick with them. There are obviously temptations to join better teams. However, I'm not sure the Lakers had enough ammo to trade for Lillard. Maybe if he demanded a trade specifically to Los Angeles. Maybe. But it's tough to imagine how the Trailblazers would have reacted to something so out of character. Lillard's meeting with LeBron and Davis at LeBron's house sounds similar to Russell Westbrook's meeting with LeBron and Davis at LeBron's house. The Lakers, of course, traded for Westbrook that summer. The Heat signed Tyler Hero to a four-year, $120 million contract extension. The deal could theoretically be worth $130 million with incentives, emphasis on theoretically. One idea how these negotiations unfold, beyond just listening to our annual Mock Rookie Extensions podcast, of course, Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Hero said Tuesday that the Heat made its initial extension offer on July 1st, the first day he became eligible for one. The first offer was four years, $100 million, Hero said. The Heat, over the ensuing weeks, raised the offer to, quote, like 112, then 120, then 130, factoring in potential incentives, Hero said. The significance of the Heat offering Hero an extension July 1, 
That shows they wanted to keep him rather than use him in a trade for someone like Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell. Once he signed the extension, Hero counts at his actual 22-23 salary outgoing in a trade, but the average of his salaries in 22-23 and the four seasons of the extension outgoing. Simply, trading Hero became far more complicated with the extension, a burden Miami wouldn't have accepted if wanting to trade Hero. The Heat were apparently willing to accept that limitation as early as July 1. Bulls center Andre Drummond has made three of four three-pointers this preseason. Like many centers, Drummond relishes opportunities to play like a guard. With the Pistons, Stan Van Gundy did the best job satisfying Drummond's desire to touch the ball more often, having the center serve as a passing hub from the high post. Drummond was actually good at that. Forays into shooting have been more erratic. Drummond tried to make himself a threat from beyond the arc his last season and a half in Detroit, but he connected on just 6 of 59 triples, 10%. Maybe this will be different. If not, Chicago could again tap Drummond's passing. Already an offense not defined by traditional positional roles, the Bulls are down a playmaker with point guard Lonzo Ball injured. Zach Lowe of ESPN published the top 10 of his annual league pass rankings. The most watchable team? The Brooklyn Nets. And on some nights, I totally agree. They have the lure of massive untapped upside or the possibility of spectacular failure. But when Kyrie Irving is out, there just isn't the same appeal in either direction. The safer pick is Lowe's second choice, the Golden State Warriors. Their chemistry is under the microscope after Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole. Plus, not only do the Warriors play a well-established, enjoyable style of basketball, they're trying to integrate several intriguing youngsters, creating a compelling present-versus-future debate. Georgetown posted an enjoyable video of Patrick Ewing watching his current Hoyas players trying to name 1990s Knicks by pictures. Considering these Georgetown players weren't even born when Ewing last played for New York, I thought they did pretty well, but it is fun to watch them struggle. For anyone, Hoya or otherwise, wanting to brush up on 90s Knicks, I recommend Blood in the Garden by Chris Herring. The Kings installed a bell in their practice facility to honor certain overlooked plays. Harrison Barnes earned the first ring by taking a charge, but when someone hit the bell, it broke. Classic Kings. They have since replaced the bell. Speaking of bloopers, Pelicans forward Trey Murphy III broke up Kyle Lowry's hit-ahead pass to Bam Adebayo, right off the backboard into New Orleans' own basket. Adebayo quickly raised his hand to claim credit for the bucket, which he was entitled to as the closest Heat player. As always, any links in these daily dunks can be found in the show description.